After painfully losing her three children, a young wife is filled with joy when she and her husband find a newborn baby in an abandoned boat. She cajoles her husband into keeping the little girl, reasoning that she must be an orphan needing their help. But when they unexpectedly meet the biological mother years later, they must also meet the consequences of their choices and the truth they've desperately tried to ignore. The husband and wife, Tom and Isabel. The book, The Light Between Oceans by M.L. Studman. And you're listening to Lit Society. Let's get And you're listening to Lit Society, a show about books and drama. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, you like, what is this? What's going on? Ooh, what is going on, Alexis? Why are we hosting a sleepover this week? Because we wanted to show off our banshees <laughs> from Brooklinen. Okay? That's right. Mm, Not only are luxury. they cute, they comfortable, silky. Do you feel like you in a hotel? I feel... Like I'm elevated to a new level. Yes. And if it's beyond hotel, I think that might be it. Okay. You know, you're right. I was about to say the same thing. This is the five mm. seasons, the six seasons. Six, right. Six seasons. Has this been my home the whole time? All I needed was new sheets new and I could have been living in luxury. Okay. So thank you. They soft. <laughs> they feel good. I like these sheets. Brooklyn. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> well, Alexis, first of all, how do you feel? We don't do check-ins anymore. How do you feel this uh, week? You know, this week was a struggle because I didn't hit my marks and I, I that I wanted to hit. Um, so I need to... Yeah, so I need to refocus and try to hit those this week. So, and I was a little tired, but um, when I got to relax and truly relax, yeah. then I, I was at my best, but I didn't hit my goal. So that was disappointing. How about you? How are you doing? I'm good. I saw you posted on Instagram that you're restarting some fitness goals too. And you yep, said something yep. that was so real. It was like... How, how what was your caption again? Like how many of y'all have had to basically restart? Restart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't give up. That's why New Year's resolutions are a scam <laughs> because we are constantly improving ourselves. And just because you don't meet your resolution doesn't mean you, that you failed in your improvement process. So I love right. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, listeners, as you know, each week we start with the theme of the week, a short theme before we discuss the book. And the theme is always based on the story we're reading. Now, this week's theme I actually had prepared last week, but it gave too much <laughs> of the book away. Now, however, I feel like we can discuss the theme, which is the Kamaya Mobley story. Alexis, mm. are you familiar with Kamaya Mobley? No, but I do recall that this story is is based on a story. What story? <laughs> the light between I oceans. Yeah, the light between oceans. Oh, the book we're covering today. Well, it's not is, based so. on this story because this story happened in the nineties, nineteen nineties, not the ninety eight. <laughs> And this is a black family, and it's also a movie on Hulu. 
So, uh, Kamaya Mobley, as I describe this story, I think you will remember it. And even though it's crazy, y'all, even though our book this week takes place in 1920s Australia, World War One era Australia, girl, the story is the same <laughs> as 1990s Jacksonville, Florida. OK. Oh, OK. So listen. July 10th, 1998, a teenage 16-year-old mom has a beautiful baby girl, okay? However, a woman walks into her hospital room, posing as a nurse, makes conversation, and then leaves with her baby. I do know this story. Girl? I saw the movie. Oh, you, uh, Really? Now let's talk about the woman, right? The woman was in her thirties yeah. and took the newborn baby out of the room for tests. She told her mother, like, I got to test the baby. Yeah. Is this a baby? I don't know. Got to test it. So she left with the baby. <laughs> the woman was in an abusive relationship that it seems led to a miscarriage. And she also had two children that were taken from her home, like deemed like her home was deemed unfit. Tell that's not exactly the book we read in. So she done lost three children and she decides, well, this is a little different. Uh, okay. Yeah. I would like to say that. <laughs> For the next 18 years, the woman whose name is Gloria Williams raises Alexis as her own. And I'm sorry, Gloria named her Alexis Kelly. I think Kamaya Mobley is actually the name she was given. She falsified papers, Gloria did. And the Williams family wasn't suspicious because she'd been pregnant, just like our protagonist. So they were like, oh, mm -hmm. so you had that baby quick. <laughs> See, she in an abusive relationship. People ain't taking her seriously. So she leaves Aww. the house one day to get eggs and come back with a baby. And everybody like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Her body continued to experience the symptoms of pregnancy. Even she had a swollen baby. Um, her breasts were... I'm sorry, swollen belly. Thank you. And yeah, so she looked pregnant. She had a baby. Everyone was like, got it. Makes complete sense. Uh, Williams mm -hmm. felt pressure from her then boyfriend, Charles Mandigo, to have the child. Yet she believes his abuse, again, is what led to her miscarriage and to the actual her son's being taken from her home. That was also his fault. He made the home unsafe. My abusive ex, she later on went to say, asked me to have the baby. He wanted me to have a baby, told me it would make him stable. I wanted to believe that. She drove to the hospital on autopilot, she says, like in a trance. She stared mm. at infants in the nursing ward and wandered into Mobley's room just haphazardly where Mobley opened yep. up about not knowing what to do with her child. The mother was 16. So she's looking for advice from a woman who she thought was a nurse. She knows Gloria knows it was not logical, but the thought occurred to her that the baby could help her relationship with this man. Ultimately, mm -hmm. though, the baby is what forced her to leave the man and his abuse. I just thought to myself, I can't have him around her. I can't do it. She deserves better. And that's when I had enough courage to leave the relationship. In South Carolina, the infant Mobley was miles from her mother, only miles, who was seen on the news crying and begging for her daughter, wondering who stole her child. Um, she did go on to have four more children and won a $1.2 million settlement with the hospital. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but she never got over the serious disappearance of her firstborn baby. Like, how could of she? Not. Of mm -hmm. course not. 
So according to interviews with Mobley, she and Williams had an excellent relationship. This is really what's heartbreaking because it's just like Lucy in our book. Um, she was raised in in love as far as she knows. So the yep. child was loved, adored. The mother even left her abusive relationship, which is so hard to do to make sure this child was given in a loving environment. So when Gloria revealed the truth of her identity, when Mobley was, do you remember how old the little girl was when she found out she I was think stolen she was- by her mother? I think she was 16 or 18 because she went to try and get a job or something or driver's license or something. Yeah, she was 16 years old. So a year and a half after Williams' confession, she was summoned to Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. Kamaya wanted me to run. I told her I couldn't do that. I couldn't leave her. I couldn't do it. You know, I couldn't Mm -hmm. have a life like that. I was already in this for too long, Gloria says. Uh, Gloria Mm -hmm. was brought to trial during which she made a full and apologetic confession. She was sentenced to 18 years in prison and was denied a reduced sentence in 2019. Yeah, you mm. can't steal people. This is heartbreaking, right? Because the little girl yeah. only knows this mother and that mother showed yeah. her love, but, but it was wrong yeah. to take the child. And so she must answer for this injustice. So where is Kamaya Mobley today? Mobley is now 21. And she's caught between two worlds. She answers answers to both Kamaya and Alexis, depending on which family member she's with. And that's another thing. She has a whole family, mm-hmm. <laughs> Even like, you know, like extended family. She got people and they yeah. didn't know. She didn't know. Only the mother knew. On her Instagram page, Mobley leans into this duality. Her display name is Kamaya Mobley Alexis Manigo. And her bio says, Florida baby, but the South raised me. Um, so mm, interviews I've no. seen of her, she seems to have a positive attitude. She does. Her heart must believe her mother's in jail for raising her in love. Um, it seems that the new family, well, it doesn't seem that her biological family was extremely happy to have her back, even mm-hmm. at her whole 16 years of age. They were. And they too have treated her with love. So she now has two families who love her very much. Um, she's in the midst of an incredible identity crisis, says one so-called expert named Iyanla Van Zant. So we're going to take that with two grains of salt. But it seems like it should be true. <laughs> it seems like this child Don't should do be a, in the middle. Ayala like that. Don't do Ayala. <laughs> Like that. After the trial, Mobley continued to live in Williams House in Jacksonville, South Carolina. That changed recently in December 2019. Mobley's father, Craig Aiken, joyously posted on Facebook that Mobley was moving to Jacksonville, Florida to live with her biological family. Um, so, yeah, that's the story. And this is a movie called uh, what is it called, Alexis? And what can you tell us about? It's called Like I Was Stolen by My Mother. Yeah, I don't remember the name of the movie. Um, I just remember the story. Why I don't know why I feel Kiki Palmer was associated with it. Is she? Um, that actress I know that's it. It is. Let's see. No, then it's not. If you couldn't say that off the top, right. I don't think it is. All right, because anyway, Kiki I re- it, you know right away. Yeah, I, I um, I just remember the story and the revealing of it, how she, the age she was when she wanted to get a driver's license and then how she started to investigate for herself. Well, why would mom just give me my driver's license? And then what that revealed to her. So it was a pretty interesting um, movie, um, which is a true story. Was it a, um, what's that 
station like a lifetime cable. movie a lifetime was it a lifetime it movie? looks like it would be like but it was it's a, on hulu right now okay i feel like it was a lifetime movie and i used to watch a lot of lifetime movies okay. so i don't know it was a great story the um actress Very that plays kamaya is actually named raven simone but it's not that raven yeah no, it's, it's not, not so her. raven it's raven simone Mm-mm. and niecy nash yeah. plays gloria williams that's the star that i remember being in it okay. even though i haven't seen it so how oh, was the movie did you like it did you enjoy it yeah I thought okay. it was well done. Um, it's filled with heart and sadness and it was a good movie. No. I would watch it again. Um, so the mother were the mothers were not on speaking terms for some mm-hmm. time, which makes sense. Especially yeah. when you hear your actual daughter calling someone else mommy and that person she's calling mommy is actually the criminal that stole her, you know, that's mm. really hard. Yeah. And the biological mother celebrated that child's life every year, even though she didn't know where she was. She was always looking for her. Mm -hmm. So do you remember how they eventually found each other? I actually thought it was an Instagram post. I thought somebody was like, hey, you look like us. Did that not happen? I I don't. I don't remember. But it was through the Internet. I'll say that it was through the Internet that they tracked each other down. Yeah, because the the Gloria eventually confessed to her daughter and then the daughter I think reached out and started looking for her biological family all right and that's the story of Kamaya Mobley there's a lot of similarities of course a lot of things are different but the overall theme I thought was just too perfect for the story we're reading this week so when I, I think about it and I said um the book is based on that one of my notes about the story is that it reminds me of so many stories. So not that it was based on that, but that this book reminds me of so many stories that have been told over the years. So in doing research for this week's theme, I found so many stories of women who'd lost a child and then took a child. Mm -hmm. Um, And they all said they felt like they were in a trance. I mean, there has to be some mental break there when you not break. I don't, because you can recover in a way, but um, well, a break doesn't mean you can't recover. I don't think a break mm-hmm. means you can't recover. Okay, yeah, I don't want to make it seem like that's a point from which you can't return, but that is an unnatural, agonizing experience to lose a child in any way. Right. So I imagine that you act in a way that in, that people normally wouldn't act. Right. And wrong is wrong, right is right, but you got to understand at least a little bit, right? Like that they're compromised mentally and emotionally. Yeah, definitely that. Well, let's take a break and get into our book. All right, let's do it. given us context into who ML Stedman is. Um, please, are you ready to continue with part two of our deep dive into the story? I'm on the edge I of my am seat. So ready. I'm Did so ready. Did you watch the movie, by the way? 
I did not. I opted not to watch the movie until I finished the book. I don't like to watch the movie if it's a book out there until I finish the book. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I had finished. So I decided to watch the movie and I'll share some thoughts about that at the end. Um, but I just want to say, going back to last week, the two actors in it, Michael Fassbender and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> what's, it? First of all, I yeah. think I said she was Russian. She's Swedish. Like she's a well-known actress, but they fell in love in this movie and got married and they're still married today. So oh, in real life, in real oh, life, oh, yeah. <laughs> Alicia cool. Rikander. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Or Fassbender. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So when we left our story last, Tom, Isabel, and Lucy came to town for a brief short leave to commemorate the day Janice Rock, the lighthouse um, where Tom lives and works, was first lit. At this event, Tom learns that the woman he rescued back in the day from a man attempting to assault her is actually the mother of Lucy. There you go. Now, where are we today? Scandalous. So Tom like left that party that commend that special event day was overwhelming to him. The woman had approached him. It, he wants to reveal the truth. So he leaves, eventually gets back to the hotel with um, Izzy and they argue about what to do with Lucy. Tom wants to come clean. Of course, Izzy does not. Um, He's like, now is the time to come clean. Izzy is like, we got to wait until she big grown. Not a day before then, because it's going to destroy our family. Is that what you want to do, Tom? Hannah finds another note. Yeah. Another note in the mailbox. Okay. Okay. It's like, um, wow, another note. And this time the note has the silver rattle. Do you remember the silver rattle? Yes, because it was so beautiful and so unique. And Bluey, who's one of the two men that come ashore to um, give supplies, I think every six months, he commented on how gorgeous it was and how fortunate the child was to have parents who gifted her something like that. Yeah. So now Hannah now knows for sure that baby Grace is alive and shares news with her sister. Now the sister is like, Okay, I I can get on board with this one because she was there when the rattle was crafted. And the dad remembers, too, sitting with the jeweler crafting the rattle. Yeah. So now they Mm -hmm. don't think she's crazy. Yeah. The police tell Hannah and her family there's still really no proof that the baby is alive. However, they post a picture of the rattle and the father, um, Hannah's father, raises the reward money to 3000 So what happens next? Bluey, as Kari mentioned, who saw the rattle, tells his mom about it. And his mom like, you saw that rattle on Janice Rock. Okay, you know it's like $3,000 if you come forward with that. So his mom forces him to go to the police with the information so they can get the reward money. Bluey doesn't want to go yeah, he doesn't want to tell on Tom because um, Tom and Isabel are trustworthy people and he's known them for the past, I say, four or five years. Um, so it's, it's 
I think it's even longer, but he's known them and he feels like they're quite trustworthy the baby's people. like four now, right? So, yeah, but they were married before that. So let's jump to Tom. Tom at Janice Island now, Janice Rock, sees a boat coming in the distance. And of course he's confused because why would a boat be coming? They just got back and it's not even been three months. So there's no reason for the boat to be here. But he learns as soon as the boat lands, um, when he sees police and the police identify them and show him the photograph of the rattle. Tom gives a sigh of relief and old Ralph is like, what the heck has been going on here? <laughs> mm. When the police interview Tom, Isabel goes away. Kind of when she sees, even when she sees the boat coming with the police on it, she kind of slowly backs away. And then when they get there, she heads off to the crosses. You remember the little crosses and the rosemary bushes that she's planted? Yeah, this is for so, the children she's lost. And she goes there to think sometimes. She contemplates running off with Lucy after she realized, um, but then she realizes there's no hope in getting away. And she gets angry and wonders what would prompt Tom to want to destroy his family. And she begins to think about Hannah Rowenfeld and remembers her touching Tom's arm and wonders what really look, happened look, between listen, them. Listen, at this point of the book, I'm like, Tom... Obviously, Hannah is your true love. You need to have Isabel locked up so you can raise Lucy with Hannah and y'all can make a beautiful family. Seriously. I truly despise Isabel at this point in the book. I'm like, she's terrible and he needs to get away from her. Hashtag save time. Free time. Did you really think I that? I thought it's perfect. It is perfect. Hannah's a good woman. You're a good man. You'll learn to love her. And you'll be able to raise a little girl. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was so far from the truth. I was like, why does she keep creating stories that are not true? And she brings in baseless information to kind of make herself feel right. Always when she was trying to convince Tom um, to do things, she always came up with uh Things that didn't make sense that didn't really apply. She can lie to herself so convincingly and, of course, lie to others, because if you can lie to yourself, of course, you can lie to other people. So after they after the interview, um, the police interview time, he has an opportunity to speak with Isabel privately. And it's revealed that he wrote the letters to Hannah. And that totally threw me. I would have never thought for some as much as Tom wanted to Alexis. give Lucy back. <laughs> Who I, did you think was writing the letters? <laughs> Honestly, I thought Isabel wrote those oh, letters. I really did. You thought Isabel in a moment of lucid, just clarity decided to contact the mom. That's good. I would read that. I really did. I would read that story too, but no, nah, it was clear to me it was tough. Really? <laughs> He's I, a full alcoholic now. I he did needs, not see that coming. 
Mm-mm, I did not see that coming. <laughs> so that was a shock to me. And I thought back and I was like, didn't I say in the first episode that uh, Isabel wrote those letters? <laughs> I felt so sure about it that I thought I said it. But anyway, I really believe that. So he also tells Lucy that he told the police it was all his idea and he forced Isabel to keep the baby. Right. So Isabel tells Tom he's destroyed their family and she doesn't care what happens to him. And they take the family back to Port Patagiers. So back on Port Patagiers, the police take Tom away and Lucy is calling for him, but Tom can't do anything. Um, they want to take Isabel away too, but there's a law that says the wife is not responsible for the husband's decisions. So Isabel shouldn't be taken in. One of the officers doubt Isabel had nothing to do with it. They also seem to be concerned with what really happened with Frank Rowenfeld, um, questioning whether Tom had anything to do with Which his Which is death. so reasonable because, of course, you would kill this man and take his baby because Tom's like, it's all my fault. I blamed Isabel for losing my children. And so I told her we have to keep this baby. And she had no choice. And then the police are like, oh, so you killed the dad to keep his baby. And Tom's like, oh, well, well what? <laughs> <laughs> what exactly? What? I too was like, what? How that stretch? Because I thought Tom was such a yeah. good person, so I I wouldn't take that leap with them. Yeah. Anyway, the police call for Isabel's parents to come and get her at the station, and their only thought is. Now they've lost three children. And when Isabel's father arrives at the station and sees her, he's relieved that she's alive, but he doesn't understand what's happened to Tom and is and Lucy. And Isabel is not speaking. Right. And when Isabel arrives at her parents' home, she can tell from her daughter's appearance that she's not well. So she doesn't ask her any questions. Isabel is feeling betrayed by Tom. And she considers if something Again, she considers whether something is going on between Hannah and Tom and whether there were other women or even another wife. And so she feels like Mm -hmm. Tom has betrayed me in a very large way and he deserves to suffer for his actions. Wow. So the next day, Isabel's father goes to the station and questions the police. In fact, scolding them for arresting Tom on the word of a woman. Everybody in town knows has been away with the fairies. <laughs> the sergeant Wait, tells him, away with the fairies. It's slightly different, but it's a very <laughs> English term. I'm going to start using that. Because crazy okay. is offensive. So I'm going to start saying people away with the fairies. You away, away with the fairies. With you better get away from me away with the fairies. Exactly. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I haven't gotten it right. So when they showed it in this book, I was like, oh, it's perfect. Yeah. I'm going to just adapt, adapt. Okay. Anyway, the sergeant tells him, don't you think it's odd that Izzy is not speaking even if she didn't do anything wrong? And the dad is like, well, I mean, she's in He shock. didn't know she wasn't speaking. Okay. Yeah, he knew. Oh, I thought he, he didn't know. Okay, okay. Yeah, he knew his daughter wasn't speaking. She, because she went home and told them, like, I ain't got nothing she to say. She went home and told when everybody she wasn't speaking. <laughs> hey, y'all, listen, I'm not speaking. 
she didn't say no, anything but then when the police questioned yeah. her they told her about tom's accounts of the events and all isabel said was i ain't got nothing to say but she cried mm-hmm. and when her parents asked about what happened she said there's nothing i can say right so lucy we're gonna start referring to lucy as grace y'all okay grace is her newborn name grace is returned to hannah and Lucy is absolutely distraught. She is crying all the time. She runs from Hannah and her sister. And she tells Hannah her name is Lucy, not Grace. Oh, it's heartbreaking. She Hannah, and she's like, Grace, my love, please. I'm Lucy. Get away from me, bad lady. Where's my mom? Where's bad my lady? I just want to go home to my mommy. Where's Papa? Where's Papa? Mm-hmm. It's sad. And she tells her she don't like her. So that's <laughs> just like yeah. all kind of. Mm-hmm. heartfelt sad stuff mm-hmm. anyway so old time oh ralph remember ralph he's the one that him and bluey used to go out every three months okay so he visited tom um first sitting in silence and then old ralph started with the questions he got some questions from his wife too so he had to get them in there he said is it true about lucy being the ronfeld baby what happened is this what you were asking me about before Oh, Ralph wants to help Tom because he knows in his heart of hearts, Tom is a good man. Um, Tom only got the job because of his um, trustworthiness. Okay. He developed this trustworthiness from doing lighthouse gigs. I'll say it like that from doing the lighthouse gigs and the, and over the years, Ralph, the li- not Ralph the has seen gigs. his mm-hmm, <laughs> has seen his um his his trustworthiness. This That's man all I'm is say, a war I'm not vet. Do all of that. He has a long history of upstandingness in front of the Re- government. Awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. All of those. Why would he words. do this? They cannot yeah. believe it. So, old Ralph asked Tom to tell him to his face that it was all his doing and that he threatened Isabel. Oh, Ralph is like, I know you didn't do it. So you need to say it to my face. And if you can say it to my face, then I will leave you in peace. Tom didn't say anything. And it's way more likely that Isabel was threatening you on that island. So what is it, Tom? What's going on? We don't believe this. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Then he told old Ralph that he was the one that was on duty, not Isabel. So old Ralph told Tom that this wasn't the best way to handle it. And that, uh, but Tom insisted that he owed it to Isabel. Eventually a lawyer will come see Tom and guess who paid for it? Oh, Ralph. Mm-hmm. Um, the lawyer tells old Ralph that these are his official charges and and he tells him his potential punishment. And, and the then lawyer he tells, is not believing any mm-mm. of this off bat. Yeah. He knows, he already knows what happened. Yeah, <laughs> and it's probably deuce. from old Ralph, right? Oh, He's like, nah, yeah. I know this don't have nothing to do. Why don't you just say, he says, um, he tells Tom that the law doesn't like it when people lie to cover for another person. So old Ralph in his heart of heart believes Tom is lying to cover for Isabel. This is a great line. He's saying, if you did this, you'll get this. Yeah. If you did this, you'll get this amount of time in jail. But if you lie to protect someone else, they will throw you under the jail. Do you understand? Yeah. And I think the lawyer is just very intelligent, too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep, yep, yep. So he said, you know, I can spin a story. I can spin a story in court that this poor woman who was besides herself with grief over the loss of a stillborn baby, a woman who was not in her right mind, couldn't tell right from wrong. And her husband, who is decent and always has done his duty, tried to make things right. But his heart got the better of him and went along with her idea. He could get a lesser sentence, not only for himself, but for his wife. So consider this. But Tom insists that he's sticking to his story. Then the attorney warns him that if he's a kind man who is also a liar and a bully, he's going to be accused of murder also. And the fact mm-hmm. that Isabel is silent and not corroborating, his story doesn't help. And Tom continues to stand. Ten toes down mm-hmm. in his decision to protect Isabel. He ain't going to be ten toes down, though, when he get hanged. Oh. And that's what the lawyer trying to let him know. In real life. So then Blue. Are you going to talk about the Albany police officer versus the local police? No. Can Do you I want to talk about that? Briefly? Please. Yes. Just briefly. <clears throat> so I want to say, is it Albany? Yeah, Albany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't remember. But the big city officer wants their hands on time they want this case but the local small town law enforcement want to keep it as local as possible however tom gets put on a murder trial he'll have to go to the big city and that officer never fought in the war so he has a lot of they say chip on his shoulder Mm -hmm. but a lot of guilt for being considered cowardly so he's always constantly trying to prove that he's just as good as these young men that fought in the war so when he sees Tom he's like you know you killed a lot of people in the war didn't you so that means you could kill again And you're used to getting, he obviously has a lot of issues that he's projecting onto Tom. So he's like, a lot of you boys come back and think the world's supposed to have been backwards for you, don't you? Mm -hmm. You answer me. Exactly. And Tom's like, I'll answer you when you ask a question. (laughs) That was like. And that's a little later, but just to give you an idea of what Tom's up against, if he's charged with murder, he will have to face people that don't love him outside of his community and he will probably most definitely be hanged yeah so then bluey visits tom and that's against his mother's wishes and bluey apologizes for reporting on tom and tells tom his mom made him do it bluey asks what he could do and tom tells him to deliver a message to isabel the message i understand when isabel receives the message she's like understands what she just get, get out, madder Bluey. and madder. And poor Bluey <laughs> shows that he really is away with the fairies because he's like, I'm not even going to take the reward money. Blue, if you don't take the reward money. <laughs> and Tom is like, somebody, the, stop acting away with the fairies. Tom is like, take the reward money. Go ahead. I mean, I'm already in jail. Mm-hmm. It don't matter. Meanwhile, Lucy is, uh, excuse me, Grace is at Hannah's miserable from not being with the parents she has always known. And she's putting Hannah through it. She's throwing things. She's not eating. She's playing with dolls. And when she's playing with her dolls, she's calling uh, Hannah a witch that can't catch her. And she makes her dead. And Hannah hears Grace playing with her dolls and she snatches the dolls and smacks Lucy's hand. And Hannah's sister suggests, her sister Gwen suggests that she let Lucy see Isabel. Hannah is like, are you kidding me? Never, ever, uh, never, ever. 
ever, ever. And Hannah reminded Gwen what the doctor said. She said the sooner she forgets about that woman, the better. And keeping them away from Lucy is the best way. And I agree with the doctor 500%. That's how it works Mm -hmm. in the stories. So listen, Isabel has been in the house since she returned, especially at a child this age. Exactly. So listen, Isabel has been in the house since she returned to Patagere's. And one day her mom convinced her to leave the house. And guess who she ran into it? Isabel at Joanne Fabrics. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah and Gwen and Grace are at the haberdashery. Okay. That's Joanne Fabrics Mm -hmm. for those of you who don't know. And when Grace saw Isabel, she ran to her, wrapped her arms Mm -hmm. around her legs. And Isabel picked her up and hugged her back. And Grace told Isabel that the bad lady took her and smacked her. All Hannah could do was watch humiliated. Embarrassing. Yes. And she... What she lost had flashed before her eyes because she sees this woman... Um, that her daughter loves and she's calling her mom. Yeah, how their bodies even fit together like jigsaw puzzles. The little girl puts her face in the crook of Isabel's neck and it's like, mommy, make the bad lady go away. Yeah, that's the sum. And when she gained herself, she tells Isabel, you better let my daughter go. As Violet and her daughter passed through the doors of the haberdashers, Fanny Darnley, on her way out, gave a little gasp and halted outside, wide-eyed with alarm and relish. The shop smelled of lavender polish and old roses from the potpourri set out in a basket near the cash register. High up the walls on all sides ranked bolts of cloth, damasks and muslins, linens and cottons. There were rainbows of thread and clouds of bald wool, cards of lace, thick, thin Brussels French lay on the side where Mr. McCushmore was serving an elderly woman. All the way from the counter, at the far end, a row of tables lined the store on each side with chairs for the comfort of customers. Seated at one of the tables with their backs to Isabel were two women. One was blonde, the other, who was dark-skinned, was considering a bolt of pale lemon linen unrolled before her. At her side, glum and fidgeting with a rag doll, was a little blonde girl, immaculately turned out in a pink smock dress, her white socks trimmed with lace. As the woman examined the cloth, asking the attendant questions about price and quantity, the little girl's eyes drifted up to see who had come in. She dropped the doll and scrambled down from the chair. Mama, she called, dashing to Isabel. Mama, mama. Before anyone could take in what had happened, Lucy had wrapped her arms around Isabel's legs and was holding as fast as a crab. Oh, Lucy. Isabel bundled her up and hugged her, letting the child snuggle into her neck. Lucy, my darling, that bad lady took me, mama. She did smack me, the child whimpered, pointing. Oh, my poor, poor sweetheart. Isabel was squeezing the girl to her, sobbing at the touch of her, the legs fitting snugly around her waist and the head sliding automatically into the space beneath her chin like the final piece of a jigsaw. She was oblivious to anything and anyone else. Hannah watched, stricken, humiliated, and despairing at the magnetic pull Isabel exerted on Grace. For the first time, the enormity of the theft 
came home to her. Right in front of her was the evidence of all that had been stolen. She saw the hundreds of days and the thousands of embraces the two had shared, the love usurped. She was aware of a trembling in her legs and she feared she might fall to the ground. Gwen put a hand on her arm, unsure of what to do. Hannah tried to fend off the humiliation and the tears it brought. The woman and child were knitted together like a single being in a world no one could enter. She felt sick as she fought to stay upright to maintain some fragment of dignity. Struggling to breathe calmly, she picked up her bag from the counter and walked as steadily as she could toward Isabel. Grace, darling, she tried. The child was still burring into Isabel and neither moved. Grace, dear, it's time to come home. She reached out a hand to touch the little girl who screamed, not a squill, but a full-throated, murderous cry that bounced off the windows. Mama, make her go away, Mama, make her! The small crowd looked on, the men perplexed and the women horrified. The little girl's features were distorted and pale. Please, Mama! She was begging, a tiny hand on each side of Isabel's face, shouting the words at her as though to overcome distance or deafness. Still, Isabel remained mute. Perhaps we could... Gwen's sentence was caught off by her sister. Let her go! Hannah shouted, unable to address Isabel by name. You've done enough! She went on more quietly in a voice edged with bitterness. How can you be so cruel? Isabel burst out. You can see the state she's in. You don't know the first thing about her, about what she needs, how to look after her. Have some common sense if you can't have any kindness to her. Let go of my daughter now, demanded Hannah, shaking. She was desperate to get out of the shop to break the magnetic hold. She pulled the child away and held her around the waist as she resisted and screamed, Mama, I want Mama, let me go. It's all right, darling, she said. I know you're upset, but we can't stay. And she went on, trying to soothe the child with words while keeping a strong enough grip on her to stop her from wriggling out of her arms and running away. Gwen glanced at Isabel and shook her head in despair. Then she turned to her niece. Shh, 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 don't cry and she dabbed at her face with a delicate lace handkerchief. Come home and we'll find you a toffee. Tabitha Tabby will be missing you. Come on, darling. The words of reassurance from Hannah and from Gwen continued in a gentle stream as the trio made their way out. At the door, Gwen turned again to behold Isabel and the desperation in her eyes. For a moment, no one stirred. Isabel stared into thin air, not daring to move her limbs so as to not lose the feel of her daughter. Her mother eyed the shop assistants, defying them to comment. Finally, the boy who had been unraveling the linen picked up the bolt and started to re-roll it. Larry Mushmore took that as the cue to say to the old woman he had been serving, and it was just the two yards you wanted of the lace? Y yes just the two yards, she replied as normally as she could, though she tried to pay him with a hair comb rather than the coins she had meant to extract from her handbag. Come on, dear, said Violet softly, then louder. I don't think I want the same wool this time. I'll look at the pattern again and then decide. Fanny Darnley, gasping to a woman beside her on the pavement, froze as the two women came out, only her eyes daring to follow them down the street. Girl, <laughs> imagine the scene. It's hot. 
heartbreaking. <laughs> Wait, right? everybody, everyone is in shock. They trying to be polite and act like they not looking while fully looking. One woman goes exactly. to pay for her purchase with like a bubble gum wrapper or something. <laughs> she, she like, here you go. Here you go. <laughs> no, I'm true. <laughs> I would be watching too. I'll be one of them women. Like, uh, uh, ma'am, that uh, is a sanitary napkin, man. Please have cash. <laughs> they exactly. <laughs> they don't have reality TV. They don't have what we got. Okay. This is and the most entertainment they're going to have for their whole life. For real. <laughs> so, if Grace is making any progress, she lost it after the scene in the uh, Joanne fabric. So Gwen decides she'll take Grace to see Isabel. Now, Gwen, again, is Hannah's sister. So what do you think um, about this decision? The- so Gwen's reasoning is my sister is so blind that she's putting her needs before the needs of the child. Because now, like you said, the child isn't eating regularly. So what do you think about Gwen's decision? Is auntie making the right decision? Um, according to the doctor, I will say no. And according to you? That is, according to the doctor, the answer is no. Uh, that she wouldn't be making the right decision because they need to have separation. But I guess if she was, wasn't thinking about keeping her, yeah, that would be the thing to do. I think it would be necessary to allow her first to acclimate to her mother before she reintroduced her. Yeah. But I think there could have been some conversations had around yeah. it, um, which Hannah wasn't doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't talk about this, but her father convinces her to at least have a conversation about mm-hmm. it. About allowing the child to see the woman that stole her? No, about why she can't see the woman. Oh. At least say she's gone away. Oh. You can't see her. Yeah, talk to the um, Lucy Grace about why she can't see the woman she believes to be her mother. Okay, gotcha. Yes, yeah. Instead of just ignoring that she's calling for a woman and you're not even acknowledging that. You're just like, I'm your mama. Get used Mm -hmm, to me, baby. mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, she decides to take her to see Isabel. Um, under the pretense of going to see her grandfather. And she tells Grace to keep this secret. And what did she do that before? Because Grace turned that into a scene with her toys. Grace is like, yeah, because she's like, Grace, if you don't keep the secret, you won't be able to see that Isabel again. So Grace is like, I'll definitely keep a secret. And then she playing with her dolls like, we going to see is <laughs> mommy at the park again, but don't tell the bad witch. It's <laughs> a mess. So, of course, Hannah overhears this. And then she, of course, learns that her sister has taken Grace to see Isabel and Hannah is livid, but she receives the comfort from her sister. And so when she charges up Gwen, Gwen says, I had all the pain and suffering. Um, I can see all the pain that you're going through and I don't like it. I can see the pain that the child is going through. I I just don't like what's happening in him. Um, I, I just don't like what's happening here. She said, you should 
In fact, consider giving Grace Ooh, back to Isabel. Come on, Gwen, you gotta go home now. Like you can't just be saying anything. <laughs> People that stole your baby, give her to him. See, Gwen was really embarrassed in Joanne Fabrics, and she was secretly <laughs> over Lucy Grace at this point. So she like, how can she I get was. this bad little kid back to her um stolen baba? Mm-hmm. Hannah is sick with anger at the thought. As the sisters argue, though, Grace watches through a crack in the door and Hannah ponders the idea, even though she's angered by it. But she knows that Grace isn't the same Grace that got in a dinghy. She will never get that baby back. In fact, she feels. Yeah. Grace died that day as well. So what do you think of this thought? Actually, this is incorrect to me. But what do you think? Well, it's in a moment. So I understand. Like it was a fleeting thought. Because I understand what she's saying. That little baby she had is gone forever. But even if she had raised that child from a newborn, yeah, that little baby, children change greatly from one month to the next, especially in the early years. So it's not really fair Mm -hmm. to say that that little baby won't be back anymore. That is fair. That's because yeah. it's a truth. But even, you, but even if back. you never lost her this way, she wouldn't stay that little baby forever. Right. But those yeah. moments, those moments, those years, she won't right. ever have that. So to I understand it. I do. So let's jump back to jail. Um, <laughs> no, the sergeant you. is there. He's trying to <laughs> <Go> cook. <ahead. laughs> It's time to tell the whole truth. But Tom sticks to his story. And then Tom asks the sergeant if he could write a letter to his wife. And after some convincing, the sergeant allows it. And old Ralph delivers the letter to Isabel and tells her that Tom needs her help. She needs to tell. uh, And she tells him. Excuse me. Old Ralph delivers the letter to Isabel and tells her that Tom needs her help. Isabel tells O'Rao, so does my daughter Isabel. And then I'm like, so does my daughter Lucy. Yeah, you do that sometimes, so but that's okay. Lucy. We know who you're talking about. Then I'm like, Isabel, you really do need, you are away with the fairies because you don't have a daughter. <laughs> you do have a husband and you need to save his life. Right. Especially if he's Michael Fassbender. Come on. Right. So Isabel starts to read the letter, even starts to open, but she changed her mind when she thinks about how time has destroyed her family. (laughs) She doesn't like it. So Hannah decides to visit Tom in jail. She tells him when she used to think of him, it was in gratitude. She tells him she realizes now that she should have actually been afraid of him that night on that ship. And that she now understands what he meant when he said being over there changes a man and they can't tell the difference between right and wrong. Then she asked him if he was he was the one that did everything. Is, if he is was your responsible. story true? Is it absolutely 100 percent true that Isabel had nothing to do with stealing my mm-hmm. daughter? And if he's sorry for what he did and why he did it. Tom tells her he cannot explain why he did what he did, but he's very sorry. She also asks him if he killed her husband and he looks her directly in the eye and tells her the man was dead when he found him. 
Tom also then asked um, Hannah to show Isabel some mercy. Anyway, Isabel looked forward to seeing Grace again. So she waited on the park bench that they met at the last time. But this time, Grace doesn't show. So Isabel walks over to where she knows Hannah Rowanfelt led. And she sees Grace riding a tricycle. And Isabel's then she like starts plotting her escape. How mm-hmm. can I steal this little girl again? She said, I'm so close. She was close enough to touch her. And so she considered like, okay, there's a train over there. I'm going to hop this train and I'm never going to look back. Mm-hmm. She considers those options as she watches her daughter. Next thing you know, the she police considers is at- those options as she watches Lucy Grace. Who must I remind everyone is not her daughter. Okay. All right, Dan. <laughs> Next thing you know, the police are at Isabel's parents' house looking for Grace. The parents think they're looking for Hannah. Mm. But they're like, no, we're looking for Grace, Hannah's daughter. And the police ask if Isabel has seen Grace. Now the parents are like, come on now, don't do this. Of course she hasn't seen mm-hmm. her. But Isabel is like, I have seen her. <gasps> they like, oh my God. They tell them that Grace has gone missing. They tell Isabel if she sees her, then they, she needs to let them know. And Isabel is absolutely outraged. She's like, why are you not out looking for her instead mm-hmm. of asking me her whereabouts? We then learned that while Hannah was in the kitchen and Gwen was not home, that's Hannah's sister, was out. Lucy quietly, excuse me, Grace quietly leaves the house. <laughs> when she they learn she's little, you know, away luggage and she's like at her away luggage. She's like, I'm out of here. She's like, I got my passport. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm out. <laughs> when they learn she's missing, um, the police are sent to Isabel's house, but they don't find her, of course. And Lucy is looking for her mother and father. So she first goes back to the bench. She figures if she gets to the bench, her mama could take her to her daddy and they could figure it out. Um but she's, her mama's not at the bench. So she kind of leave her stuff behind there and she keep walking. And as she's walking, she sees the light and she's thinking it's Janice Rock, her home, what she knows to have been her home for the past four years. And she starts making her way. Meanwhile, the search is called off. It's like 1 a.m. They're no longer looking. They're like, I mean, we, where are we going to find her? We can't look. Anyway, Hannah is again distressed by the loss of her young child. Praise to God to keep her little girl safe. She then begins to think that God doesn't want Grace to be with her and that perhaps she is to blame for everything that happened. And she prays and makes a pact with God. However, in the early morning hours, the sergeant brings Grace to Hannah. Grace is fast asleep. And the sergeant says that he almost tripped over Grace down at the point. <laughs> so Isabel goes to old Ralph's house and talks to him about what happened. Old Ralph tells her that she needs to stand up 
for Tom. He is the only After- character in the book telling the truth to her. Mm-hmm. After Isabel leaves old Ralph, she goes to her parents' house before leaving again to go to the police station. As she opens the door to leave, Hannah Rowenfeld is at the door. She tells Isabel that she realizes that her baby, Grace, isn't coming back. She can't punish Grace for what happened to her and she can't punish Isabel for Tom's decision. Hannah tells Isabel that if you swear that this was all Tom's doing, I will allow Grace to come and live with you. And what does Isabel do? She said, I swear. I swear for God. She also mm-hmm. tells Isabel without even thinking about mm-hmm. it. She tr- she just lies. She also tells Isabel that she has to give evidence to put time away. Isabel is torn. Hannah's declaration, Ralph's entreaty, Tom's betrayal, and for the first time, her own false oath has her plagued. She finally decides to read Tom's letter and Tom tells her in this letter, he will accept whatever she decides to do. He will stand by her choice. Isabel now goes to the police station. And when she gets there, she sees Tom. He is not in his cell, but outside of it, cuffed to some exposed pipe. And when Tom sees Isabel, he jumps to his feet and reaches for her. And she turns around out of the station, overcome by emotion. Tom reaches again, ripping the piping from the wall and grabs hold of Isabel, holding her. Isabel says to Tom, I've got to tell them I've got to. And Tom tells her, it's all right. Isabel tells the sergeant, none of what Tom says is true. Rowanfeld was dead when he arrived and it was her idea to keep Lucy. She stopped Tom from reporting it. It was her fault. She has finally seen the light of her ways and revealed the truth on to everybody. When the sergeant goes to tell Hannah what Isabel says, Hannah is like humiliated. She's disgusted. She was like, that girl lied to my face. The sergeant tells Hannah that um, Tom and Isabel are really good people and they were just in difficult circumstances and that she really needs to consider Mm -hmm. whether she wants to see them on trial and in prison. Mm Hannah is like, why do people keep telling me what to do and how to respond? Listen, Hannah, I ain't never been so much on your side. Well, I've been on your side the whole book. However, she's like, first, this town chases my husband to his death. No one apologizes. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to forgive everyone. Fine. Then this strange couples steal my baby, straight up (laughs) steal my baby. Mm -hmm. And now you are telling me to forgive them. If somebody... (laughs) doesn't start making some sense because this whole town is away with the fairies and you need to get out of my house. And in fact, we can fight. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, the sergeant lets her vent like that. He's like, okay, yeah, but why don't you think about that? Well, she throws something at him. Yeah. (laughs) 
She cut up. She straight up cut up. She and is he let shocked. her cut up. He is shocked. He let he allows her that because it's insane. But he's like, I still want you to think about it. Yeah, he's like, do you feel better mm-hmm. having thrown that at me? Yep. And she's like, I'm sorry. This isn't even like me. I'm just, yep. I'm on the edge. Yep. <laughs> and what Hannah does is she reflects on her husband. She reflects on the type of man that he was. She reflects on Frank Rowenfeld. And about the time she asked him how he could get over things that have happened to him. He told her he chose to. It takes a lot of energy to hold on to resentment and to remember bad things. And I just like to read that part because I -hmm. appreciated it so much. Yeah, me too. Yeah. She says, but how, how can you just get over these things, darling? She had asked him, you've had so much strife and you're always happy. How do you do it? He said, I choose to. I can leave myself to rot in the past, spend my time hating people for what happened like my father did, or I can forgive and forget. But it's not that easy. He smiled that frank smile. Oh, but my treasure, it is so much less exhausting. You only have to forgive once. To resent, you have to do it all day, every day. You have to keep remembering all the bad things. He laughed, pretending to wipe sweat from his brow. I would have to make a list, a very, very long list, and make sure I hated the people on it the right amount. That I did a very proper job of hating, too. (laughs) Very teutonic. No, his voice became sober. We always have a choice. All of us. So I really love that um, clarity that he provided for her. In the end, Hannah chose not to be dragged under by the past, by resentment. And while she doesn't forgive them, she does consider that Tom once saved her. She considers that if he hadn't found what we now call Lucy Grace, she too would have died. Hannah spoke in their defense at a trial and she even urged clemency. And that's really um, the end of the tale, but we get a flash forward to 1950 um, where we learn that Isabel dies of cancer and a week later, Lucy Grace shows up to visit the um, family, but then she learns that um, Isabel died, but she sees Tom um, and she sees some items that Isabel left for her. And Lucy Grace actually has a son at this time. And she says um, until she had her son, she didn't fully understand what Isabel chose to do. And, and now she does. And that is the end of part two. Wow. Kari, do you want to share anything else before we take a break? No, you covered that excellently. I now I have nothing else to share or contribute. <laughs> okay, well, let's take a quick okay, break. Okay, sounds good. Welcome back. 
So Kari, what is your final verdict and would you recommend this book? Well, first, I want to go back and clarify something I said in the theme of the week. The biological mother and um, Kamaya, I'm sorry, Kamaya. Kamaya? So Uh in the true story I shared in the theme of the week, the biological mother and Kamaya, they were not on speaking terms for some time. And two reasons that the biological mother shares is because the woman that kidnapped Kamaya was saved in the phone as mommy in Kamaya's phone as mommy. Mm. And Kamaya called that woman regularly because, you know, that's her mom in her mind. Also, Mm -hmm. on Mother's Mm -hmm. Day, Kamaya had nothing to contribute to the biological mother and that hurt her feelings. Um, The comments under the story are like, why is the biological mother mad? She really needs to forgive. And all that is true. But reading this story really helps me understand because Hannah is in that position with Grace when Grace is like five, right? Around Mm -hmm, four or five. mm -hmm. So there's still there's still time to raise her. If she had if Tom had waited before confessing and, you know, Lucy was raised up, Hannah really would never have had a relationship with her at all. So the best outcome would be for them to have never stolen the child. But this is the second best to give the child back to the biological mother as soon as possible Mm -hmm. so that, you know, nearing adulthood, they're not having to fight this battle of who really is your mom. Um, So that being said, I would say that my verdict of this book is that it's very melodramatic And that can sometimes read as boring if you're not in the right mood, which we discussed last week. But I was in the right mood for this book and I found it really I could not put it down. I had to read it to the end (laughs) as soon as I got to that middle half. Mm -hmm. What'd you say? No, I'm just chuckling. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I I loved it. Really well done, Stedman. I know this is her debut novel. I don't know mm-hmm. if she wrote anything after this, but I couldn't find anything. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So maybe it's a one and done for her. But this really reminded me of something, a classical work. Like this is literature to mm. me as far as novels go. So I really, really appreciated the detail and the story and the setting and how throughout the book, you're really pulled, the readers pulled emotionally from sympathizing. I felt so much anger toward Isabel in the story until she confessed. And then I'm like, I still don't like you. However, I forgot, gave her instantly as soon as she saved Tom, who was, he was getting on my nerves too, because he was just going to be a mat for Isabel, but he loved her. <laughs> he loved her. Um, yeah. He loved her. So I would recommend this book. There's a comment too about that Isabel makes in the first half of the book that when you lose a mate, you're called a mm. widow or widower. Yep. But when your two sons are killed in a war, you're still a mother and father. And that really is foreshadowing too how even after losing three children, she still felt like a mother and she had to fulfill that need. She had to justify it, that position with a baby. <laughs> How can you be a mother without a baby? That's the fact. Mm-hmm. She was a mother without a baby. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of comments, too, of in this book are like, I didn't understand the story until I had oh, a child really? of my own. And I can. I mean, do you really... feel that way? Me? 
Yeah. I'm sure that having children adds a deeper layer. Okay, a deeper layer, but don't understand. Well, everyone just dislikes Isabel so much. Okay, okay. And yeah, I do understand that. She is the villain here. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she caused a lot of pain. Anyway, final verdict. I like this book and would definitely recommend it. In fact, I have recommended it to people. <laughs> Already. Very cool. <laughs> what yeah, about you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what so about you, this, Alexis? Would you recommend this book? What did you think? The book was quite intriguing. Um, I read the book. I said, don't listen to the audio. I wasn't a fan of it. Um, it's an engaging stories with lots of thought provoking scenarios. A lot of what would you do? How mm-hmm. would you handle the stuff book clubs are made for. I mean, yes. I feel like the last book was like that too, but it's just like, it's reminding me of book club time. Where is our <laughs> book club when we need it? So I do feel, however, that this book has some unnecessary filler information. Like, I don't mm. feel like I needed to hear um, the story about Tom's mom and dad. I don't mm. think that was necessary. Um, and Hannah's dad's story where he references how Gwen was as a child. I don't think that was necessary. But overall, the book was great. I would definitely um, recommend it. Um, I real that part that I read towards the end about um, forgiveness and um, resentment. I really appreciate it. And it has a few uh, little pieces in there like that. And so and I, I really mm-hmm. always value that type of stuff. So um I love the book. I loved it and would definitely recommend it. But the book, just again, another book that made me think of book club. So I came up with a few book club questions and I think um, we can kind of do something with this on social media. Maybe you can respond in some way or another. Um, and so here's a couple questions that I think it, that you should consider as our readers, as our fellow readers, as our fellow listeners. <laughs> if you were Tom, would you have written those letters to Hannah? Mm, I'm still number one. If you were in Tom's <laughs> shoes, yeah. would you have reached out to Hannah? Because Alexis is in disbelief that Tom was the one that gave it away. <laughs> I was. I really was. You just have no idea. I was like, <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> I know I said it. I knew I said Isabel did that. I just did it. <laughs> anyway, another question. Do you think Gwen did the right thing taking Lucy Grace to Isabel? This is a note, um, mm-hmm. a nod to your question as well, Kari. Uh, and then do you think it was a good idea for Hannah to even consider returning Lucy Grace to Isabel? Oh, those are great questions. Oh, wow. Yeah. What would you do? Wow. Yeah, I have a couple other ones, too. I, mm-hmm. I realize I have a little long because I was really thinking about this book. Mm-hmm. If you were Isabel, what decision would you have made and why? And do you think if so? I don't understand. I don't know what decision Isabel was going to make when she was going to the police station. And so I think that potentially her seeing time triggered that dis- uh, her leaning one way or another. So like the she had made up her mind yet if she would confess until she saw Tom. Well, that she did. And maybe Tom may have changed it. Like, do you think if Isabel hadn't seen Tom, she would have made a different decision? Like if he was already on his way to be tried in the big city. So the thing is, is he, he was in a prison. He was in a station at all. 
he was in a jail cell. But when she arrived, she could walk in and see him in that jail cell. Now, I don't know how the setup was and maybe she would have automatically seen him, but he was outside of the jail cell and he was able to interact with her. So I'm but wondering. You're saying, so why would she have went to the station if she wasn't going to confess? She was going to say something. What it was, not sure. Was she going to say, yeah, Tom is a dirty liar so she can get the baby? Or was she going to say my what she ended up saying? My husband, it was really my fault. But she wouldn't have had to say Tom is a dirty liar to change the outcome. She would have just had to remain silent. And then during the trial, she could have to really put the nail in the coffin, said Tom is telling the truth and it's all in him. So I, I mean, yeah, I do. But I think for her to stand in that and to honor what um, what uh, Hannah Hannah wanted of her. her. Yeah. Yeah. That she would go to the station and say, listen. He did all of that. And I'm going to sign a statement to say so. So I don't know. I feel like she it could have gone either way. And I Mm -hmm. don't know if her time's present affected that. What do you think, readers? So that's it. That's all I got. Love it. Love it. <laughs> let's meet on social media and talk about that. Okay, let's social do that. Media. So you want to <laughs> quickly run through those questions again and then readers, please share with us your answers online on IG specifically. Okay. Twitter too is fine. If you were Tom, would you have written those letters to Hannah? Two, do you think Gwen did the right thing taking Lucy Grace to Isabel? Three, Do you think it was a good idea for Hannah to consider returning Lucy Grace to Isabel? Four, if you were Isabel, what decision would you have made and why? Mm. And do you think if Isabel had not seen Tom, she would have made a different decision? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's it. Okay. All right, Alexis. Well, thank you for that. What are we reading next week? We are reading. Let's see if I can tell you. (laughs) The Man Who Died Twice by Richard Osman. Yes, this is a series of books. This is the second of the series. The first book, We Hate It, and y'all roasted us on YouTube. You was like, you don't know books. We stand by that. We don't like that book. I know, I know, I know. Uh, But we will try to read the other books in the series, starting with the second one next week. So we'll see you guys then. Thank you for listening to Lit Society. We'll see you next Thursday. Lit Society is brought to you by Alexis Anaria and Kari Herrera. Support the cause by leaving a five-star review for us on Apple Apple Podcasts. We're almost at 200 reviews. So please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts along with a comment about why you love our show. And on Spotify too, you can leave a five-star review and comment now. It's really cool. Loving us too is a helpful thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we love you guys. Please also share this show with at least one person you think will love it. If you've enjoyed what you've just heard, tell that friend about Lit Society. Visit LitSocietyPod.com for show notes to keep up with our email newsletter and until next time you guys read read something. something